welcome to the Valiant Central Podcast with just Martin once again. Well, not really. I gave Travis and Dewan the week off, but joining me on this episode is the new writer for Quantum and Woody, Chris Hastings. And let me tell you, he is awesome. I had a fantastic time chatting with him. Uh, you know, we talked about all kinds of things. Yes, of course, we started talking about his work at Marvel, and I promise that leads into a great discussion on how his run on Quantum Woody is different. I got to read the issue a couple weeks ago, and it was fantastic. I think it's a great first issue. I love the direction, and I can't wait to see where Chris and, and Ryan Brown take this book. So without further ado, Chris Hastings, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Uh, thanks for uh, being able to reschedule, Chris. That's that's my bad. Uh, oh, absolutely no problem. But I, I do appreciate it. I got called into something last minute, so... Um, I I don't know much about you. I got to be honest. I have read your work, so don't get me wrong. Okay. Uh, but I'm not I'm not one of those guys that like fanboys about creators and like goes and gets the life story or whatever. So I, I want you to to kick off with telling me a little bit about who who's Chris. <laughs> you you just make the creators call in and tell you in person. <laughs> well, you know, there's that. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So the brief bio, um, is, uh, so I, you know, I, I grew up loving comics. I went to the school of visual arts and, um, I got a degree in cartooning. Um, and, um, while I was there, um, some very good professors, um, like, uh, Walter Simonson, uh, told me, uh, uh, Chris, you're a better writer than an artist. <laughs> I could hear him and, saying uh, that too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, you know, I, I was like, you know what? I, I think they're all right. Uh, um, uh, that said, I did uh, draw my own webcomic for uh, over a decade, The Adventures of Doctor McNinja, um, but purely because um, I could draw well enough to do a webcomic. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into comics. Is is I you know, went to school for it, and then I started doing my webcomic. And then from doing the webcomic for a very long time, uh, started uh, getting hired to do stuff like uh, Deadpool here and there, uh, did, a, did a run on Adventure Time, um, and then, um, yeah, a whole smattering of, of stuff after that. Uh, it's just been working in comics ever since. You know, it's funny. When, when Greg approached me about chatting with you, um, my initial thing was, oh, man, I hope I don't, like, make the guy really angry. Um, because I have this thing, uh, Deadpool is my least favorite character of all time. Oh, uh, well, you know, he, um, he is like written to be annoying on purpose. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, no, that's true. Um, there was, uh, what was it? The, uh, Palmiati and, and Connor run that, uh, the Harley Quinn run. Um, mm-hmm. I had, I had an aversion to that as well. Um, because I, I liked a certain, version of that character and that's not what i was getting um same thing with deadpool like i love when um he was very briefly was it an x-force i think it was the remember run and and i love oh, yeah that. that was cool yeah, yeah i love yeah. that um and as greg knows i have this like weird thing with with funny books I, it's not that i don't like having fun chris um but there, sometimes <laughs> like you know writing humor is hard Right. Yeah, and, and um, it's hard to make it appeal to a, a larger audience. Sometimes I think. Oh, it's incredibely difficult. Um, I uh, I th- I think the day that I I crack it will be the day after I'm dead. Uh, I think you did pretty good in this book, though. 
I gotta tell you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I gotta tell you. Um, well, before I pivot to that, yeah, I would just like uh, comedy in comics is so difficult. It's because you are relying on the reader to like deliver the lines in their own head, um, and uh, also there's just like a lot of comic writers think they're funnier than they are. Yeah. Um, and it's real tempting to just like put it all out there, especially when you get like a motor mouth like Deadpool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like, it's a real trap sometimes to try to do comedy, right? In comic books. What, uh, in terms of your, your, I know you went to school and you did all that stuff, but in terms of your background, why, why have you done these books that tend to be like leaning more on the humor side? Um, I, uh, I can't really help myself. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the easy answer. Um, I, I've, I like, you know, I, I, it's kind of just how I started. I, you know, whenever, again, when I was in college, you know, I was, I was doing the superhero comic training, you know, under these, oh, these folks, like I said, like I mentioned, like, um, you know, Walt Simonson, also Klaus Janssen and, um, David Mr. Kelly. So like I was learning how to do proper serious, like, superhero comic books um and then there's a point where i just kind of started getting bored with it and i would start sneaking jokes Mm -hmm. into my panels yeah and um and then just straight up writing funnier stuff and it was immediately like way more successful with my classmates like you know it's very addictive to actually get a laugh um especially (laughs) in especially a scenario where it's like you're putting your work up on the wall for like you know um you know a famous comic artist who is also your teacher and then also like 20 30 classmates to just rip apart um it's it's an awful and vulnerable (laughs) state to be yeah and um if you can trick them into laughing and saying how funny it is instead of like your anatomy is a little wonky um that's uh that's a real temptation um so yeah but i just you know i found that i was pretty good at comedy and so i i just did that because i liked it so much it came a lot easier to me than drama at least at the time in the beginning, I, I figured out a few drama tricks later in my career. Um, and then it kind of snowballs, you know, you get known as a comedian and you get hired to do comedic stuff. Um, right. I am, you know, I, I do other stuff occasionally, but I definitely get more comedy jobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you're good at one thing, then they want you to do that thing. Right. Uh, and I'm yeah. sure we, we, we can probably come back to that a little bit with, you know, your previous working relationship with Heather, for example, um, that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I think comedy's so hard, man, you know, because you, you need to be able to juggle a lot of like imagery in your head. And, mm-hmm. and as a reader, you need to be able to understand that imagery as well in the way that you intended to write it. Right. Where I think is, is if you do like something more dramatic, it's, it's much more straightforward. For sure. It's, it, and in comics, especially it relies on a real, solid grasp of the pacing because you know comedic timing is so important in you know live comedy or film comedy or whatever Mm -hmm. and then to try to take that and add the extra challenge of doing it with comic panels and word balloon placement and like really you know carefully like amounts of words in each panel and you know an artist that gets the joke too like there's a million ways it can fail right well, and, you know, you've got a great artist that gets the jokes, right? Oh, man. Yeah, Ryan is so funny. <laughs> uh, he's, he's hilarious. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that as well. Um, no, that's cool. I, uh, I, I appreciate it. And uh, again, I have read your Deadpool 
run, by the way, and I did enjoy it. So it's not like oh, anybody that writes Deadpool I hate. Uh, it's just one of those things where, like, <laughs> it, it gets a little too much. You know what I mean? Um, For sure. I have very specific takes on Deadpool that I like and others that I don't. And because he has been written by and drawn by so many people, mm-hmm. you can really kind of, like, figure out what your specific version of him is that you're into. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I think uh, I think part of it too is you know a character like that. Even though he's so popular, and I have read a ton of comics, um, because I was never like originally drawn to that character, I never bothered to go back and read a bunch of the previous stuff either. Um, so mm-hmm. there's like a disconnection in terms of that, right? So like right now, uh, some friends of ours and I are, are doing a adopt a character for 2020. And uh, my adopted characters are uh, Daredevil and Blue Beetle, because even though I would say they're pretty big characters, they're kind of big holes in my reading. You know what I mean? And so trying mm-hmm. to go back and, and understand where those characters come from has been a really interesting experience for me. Maybe I need to deal with Deadpool. I don't know. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to like, force you to read something you hate. <laughs> well, but you know, if, if, uh, maybe, yeah, if I, maybe if I understood from the beginning, then it would be a little bit different, right? Uh, and and I do tend maybe. to be drawn to to darker things. Greg knows I, I love horror. Horror is my favorite genre. Um, mm-hmm. Sci-fi being a very close second. So I, I do have that darker side where I just want to see like, you know, bodies getting blown up. Um, not oh, always. Yeah. Not always. I'm I'm really trying to get into horror too. That's that's one of those things I say I'm trying to branch into. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of a relationship with good horror storytelling and good comedy storytelling, Absolutely. actually, be- because it is about of like building up and releasing tension. And, you know, it is like it's successful if it like elicits a physical response from you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if with a comedy you laugh or with a horror, you know, you get terrified. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like none of it's real. Yep. So I've been really getting into that lately. Um, I it's not announced yet, but I, I recently um wrote an adaptation of a horror novel into a graphic novel. Mm. Um, so I'm excited for that to be coming out probably in 2021. <laughs> oh, I love inside scoops. Where's my bell? Yeah. All right. That's sweet. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you anything else about it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Um, no, cool. So, so then you, so you went from Deadpool, you did long shot and then you went to Gwenpool. Sure. There, I mean, yeah. There, uh, I think that's. That's I think like. Gwenpool is the, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you got the timeline right. <laughs> I'm not sure what's in between, them, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So Gwenpool. Uh, uh, I've uh, co-created Gwenpool um, uh, after um, you know she sort of was spawned as a, a variant cover um, that took off with cosplayers and fan artists, and Marvel was like, "Oh, if people like her, we should make her a real character. Um, uh, call up a writer, please." <laughs> Makes sense. Was that was that tough for you? Was that a lot of pressure for you? Because she was she was hot to, before that to to fully fledge her out. Um, I enjoyed the challenge. Um, uh, it, and it, it was definitely like a lot of weird hoops to jump through because you know at the time, um, uh, Disney hadn't bought Fox yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the deal was you know they they wanted this character called Gwenpool. But there were all these little weird legal hoops that they wanted to make sure that they weren't just giving a, a new character to Fox. Right. And so she couldn't be a Deadpool spinoff 
and they also didn't want her to be another Gwen Stacy character because of Sony's rights to all the Spider-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, all right, her name is Gwenpool. She has this Gwen, <laughs> this Deadpool pink outfit. Um, but you got to figure out a way to make her not Gwen Stacy and not related to Deadpool. Um, and also to ensure that we own her completely, she's going to debut in the back of Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, so I. I don't know. I like that. I thought that was fun to like try to make that into something that made sense. No, that's cool. Uh, I actually I enjoyed that run quite a bit. Uh, and when when the the Gwenpool uh, fan base I guess started getting bigger and bigger, I was like, ah, what what is this? Like why? And then I actually <laughs> read the book, and I was like, okay, like this is cool. You know what I mean? Um, it, Thank you. In, in some yeah, way, a, a lot of people. Oh, sorry. Go no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say like that's uh, that that was the scenario I was walking into is a lot of people were just like this are you this is dumb are you kidding me this is this is gonna be the dumbest cash grab on the planet right right um, and I was like I'm gonna make you love her <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you got uh, started working with Heather which I'm assuming is what led right. to your quantum and Woody work see there is people are like why are we talking about Marvel there's 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 a reason behind the badness um, we're getting there we're getting there. So tell tell me about tell me about that. I've uh, I've wanted to talk to Heather for a while. Uh, I think she seems like a really interesting person. What how how does that working relationship with her at Marvel and with her now at Valiant been different for you? I guess maybe that's more of a oh, question yeah. about the company culture than anything else. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a multi layered question. Um, but let, let's see if I can uh, weave an answer for you. So um, yeah, Heather is. First off, like one of the best editors I've ever worked with, and um, she's definitely one that I've had one of the longer, more consistent relationships with, mm-hmm. um, going from Gwenpool for several years and then into Quantum and Woody, where I've, I'm coming up on a year of working on Quantum and Woody. <laughs> um, I, was, I was originally, yeah, literally, I was, literally, I was originally hired to, to, to start working on this in January of last year. Mm. Um, so, yeah, at Marvel, we started out that, like, it was um, – Jordan White, who called me to get into Gwenpool, and uh, Heather was his assistant editor, and um, it was the two of them editing Gwenpool, and then uh, I think it was maybe halfway through the Gwenpool run, uh, Jordan had to leave the book to focus on others, and Heather took over, mm-hmm. um, and it was at that point that like we, we really started, like um, I think, you know, working together more closely. Um, Although it was like, I will say like there were a lot of like cool stuff about Gwenpool in the very beginning that was that was Heather's idea. Like um, it was Heather's idea to have like Gwenpool try to be a hero but become a henchman for a villain instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's awesome. We're running with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I just you know I had um, I had a pretty good amount of freedom working on Gwenpool at Marvel. We really were allowed to do stuff with that book that I don't think we could have gotten away with with others. And she was very supportive. And like excited for all of that. Um, it was uh, Heather wrote like all of the the Gwenpool recap pages where like like Gwenpool will, like will talk to the reader mm-hmm. and catch them up with what's happening. I like Heather just ran with that and kind of developed a Gwenpool voice of her own. And um, yeah, and then you know she left Marvel and um, and now she's at Valiant. And I think it was just that she found out that nobody was doing anything with Quantum and Woody when she was there. And she's yeah. like, all right, we got to make a Quantum and Woody book. Um, and, um, I'm very happy that she, uh, thought of me and it was, I think because of kind of what I, I got at before, which was that, um, I have, uh, 
I have an affinity for trying to take really like stupid like comedic stuff and just like injecting as much heart as I can into it to like make you really sympathize with the characters. Right. Um, and yeah, Heather was like, I want people to feel about Quantum and Woody the way that they did about Gwen Bull. I was like, all right, we can, we can give that a shot. Nice. So, you know, we're, uh, yeah. And that was, that was the directive from Heather. Um, and I don't know, other like stuff with like working with Valiant that's new, you know, you're talking about company culture stuff. I, I really love, um, that I get to work with so many different people at the company. Like everybody's like really kind of tightly wound and supportive of the book. And like, I am talking to the guys in marketing almost every day now. And we're like talking about what we're going to do to like, you know, and I, and I got to pitch them like this cocktail video that I made to help sell the book. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> um, yeah. It was like, I was like, Hey guys, do you want to do this? And they're like, we've done weirder stuff to promote a comic. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, and they uh, everybody's just like really supportive of a book. They like they put everything behind it, and I think it's really cool to be in that kind of a small team that really works together to have a success. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and the thing is, you know, Quantum and Woody has uh, obviously a very long history with Valiant, um, and mm-hmm. and you know the the take that Valiant has chosen for these characters is obviously based on the original work, uh, but has gone kind of on a, on a different angle, right? You definitely have a more a comedic angle. Um, you know, you had uh, Daniel Kibblesmith, James Asmus, a bunch of guys writing this book that are kind of comedy writers, right? And so that's, right. that's the direction the book went. Uh, I'm curious what, what your pitch was for this book and how has that changed oh, now that you've gotten some time to develop the idea? Yeah, um... I don't, I think, uh, one of the strengths is that actually, I don't think I've really deviated from a lot of the core stuff I had in my pitch. Um, um, I actually, uh, I also pitched for the run that became James Asmus's run. (laughs) And obviously he won. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, no, I, I pitched for it years ago as well. was Dr. McNinja, I think I might have written my first Deadpool and I was still kind of very much learning how it works um, working in corporate comics and like working with collaborators and Mm -hmm. I did not know how to pitch a comic. Um, (laughs) uh, I reread that pitch recently to see if I could steal any of my old ideas and I was like, oh my God, Chris, this is a mess. You (laughs) sent this to an editor to read. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Asmus's take is so much better, and um, my run is is greatly informed by the the continuity that that he set. But um, yeah, so in my current pitch, my I think the main the main core concepts that I I put in there uh, was first off, it was like um, world's worst superheroes first, um, fix their broken family second. Mm -hmm. Um, Being that thing that I was saying about like let's go in goofy and fun very light and let that be the tool that sort of worms its way into the reader's heart so that we can actually start getting to the grounded characters and their relationship and um, seeing who these guys are, even in their kooky world, you know, with a brain monster called Dr. Toilet, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was like one of the big core ideas. Um, And the other was that I wanted the book to be um, episodic. Uh, I really wanted to focus on, solid single issue stories that are still tied together into 
yeah, I've got like I've I've got arcs in mind, um, but like I really want fun single issues, um, really playing around with pacing to have them nice and compressed. Um, because I feel like today a lot of comics they're very decompressed, and you mm-hmm. need seven issues to tell a story. And I kind of want to go back a bit to how you could you know be satisfied with a single issue. I so think those that's are like awesome. the two big things in my pitch. Thanks. Yeah. I, <laughs> Sounds like everybody who has to spend money on comics is excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I read a lot of comics. I don't, I don't mind spending money on comics. Um, but, but you're right. Um, you know, the the episodic thing is something we don't see very often. Uh, and I think the format of Quantum and Woody uh, and the relationship between the characters kind of works really well for that kind of thing. Um, I guess people kind of get used to writing for a trade, right? So you always write for the four yeah. or five issue yeah. trade and, mm-hmm. and you forget that like, I mean, obviously you ultimately you're making money in comics, right? Like that's why you're in comics, right? For you, it's a job. Uh, you know, the company wants to continue being a company, this and the other. Uh, but you know, for the reader, like you want to read comics as like an escape, right? And if you have to wait four or five months to, really get the payoff of that, uh, sometimes it doesn't make sense. And, and I do, I love the single issue stories. Uh, and this, I mean, this is kind of what issue one was. Uh, Greg, I don't know how much we can spoil out of this because the book is not quite out yet. Um, so if I, uh, if I get myself into trouble, by all means. Um, uh, I mean, I will say, like, I know that, like, the Valiant sent out, like, a lot of review copies with, yes. like, no embargo. So I think you're probably allowed to say some stuff. I don't know. Maybe we I can, think maybe we can only, bleep if you, if you go too hard. Sure. <laughs> the only thing would be, uh, it would be greatly appreciated if you didn't, uh, spoil the, uh, I will say one of the biggest jokes towards the end. I will just say that. Oh yes. No, I will. Oh. Not, I never spoil the ending, so we're safe. <laughs> Thank you. We're safe. No problem. Thank you, Greg. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Um, what we're talking about. Oh, the single issue format. Um, there's, uh, you, know, you were talking about a little bit about family uh, just a second ago, and obviously mm-hmm. that's that's a key component of this book, right? You have these brothers, and you're pairing them up against a super villain family uh, who also has their own issues that obviously need to be explored. Um, how how much of that is a central aspect of your run going forward, and? With that said as well, because I really like this family, by the way. Kamer Jaeger, I guess is the name. Um, Kamer Jaeger, yeah. I think yeah. he means uh, exterminator in German. Exterminator, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I thought was funny, by the way. Uh, I, I did take some German in school. I took five years of German. Uh, so I, I immediately oh, translated okay. it in my head. Uh, but it was funny because when they show up, uh, they're in Congress. And, uh, you know, one of the like little translations would be like chamber hunter. Right. So they're like showing up in the chamber of Congress and like exterminating these people. I thought that was awesome. I don't know if it was intended or How not. Incredibly lucky of me. <laughs> uh, no, I did not know those layers of German. Um, wow, that's great. Uh, hooray. Good job. God is on our side with this comment. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I am um, with the, with the Karmiegers. I, 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 I wanted to, like, I was just trying to come up with characters that I could bounce off of Quantum and Woody's relationship and use characters that highlighted sort of what is at the core of Quantum and Woody, 
and it's like Quantum and Woody are bad superheroes and bad brothers. So <laughs> what if we have really good supervillains who are a very functional family? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was it. I was like, yeah, man, let's do let's do one of these superhero families, like the Incredibles or something. But you know, they're just they are murdering left and right. But they're like really sweet and supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was that was just a great way to just contrast immediately and very easily off of what Quantum Woody's deal is. Yeah, that was cool. I think there was a there was a family similar to this one in uh, the Titans TV show. I don't know if you got to watch that. Um, no, I haven't. It's very good. It's very good. Highly recommend it. But yeah, there was there was like okay. a family of assassins uh, that get hired to go after uh, the Titans, and uh, I saw mm. that and I was like, man, I lo- I love this like tr- I-, I guess trope would be the correct word. We'll go with trope. Um, I love it's this a trope, trope now. Yeah, it's a trope <laughs> now. You're right. Uh, of this like really like connected family, right? That like obviously deeply cares about each other, but don't really care about anybody else, right? Like they just go around in a killing right, spree. Right. Um, and yeah. obviously that's a good contrast to Quantum and Woody. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. Well, they, they definitely, they come back. They are, um, they are the, the light, they're part of the light sprinkling of, of, you know, arc you know, thread uh, throughout <laughs> these self-contained stories. Sure. Uh, how, how did you come up with the name Dr. Toilet out of curiosity? <laughs> Um, I literally, um, well, so the character, I knew there's some stuff coming up that is sort of thematic with his power set, which is that he, um, his whole thing is that like he possesses people. Um, so like he latches his brain onto a body and takes control of it basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, sort of like possession and, uh, like sort of having control of your body or not is, is something that sort of echoes throughout the the series um and so i wanted a, i wanted a character who like literally physically did that um and and then i was like all right and i wanted him to be kind of um a total joke weirdo um in the very beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was like all right what's the stupidest name i can give him and then um i i literally i just let me see, I'm, I'm looking up the note right now um I I just wrote out a bunch of supervillain names. Um, let's see here. Where is it? Uh, let's see. Um, all right. Uh, can't find it. Maybe I deleted it. Uh, sorry. Anyway, I wrote a bunch of names. It was like it was like you know like um, professor professor kill children and like um, you know just this really super over the top. Uh, names like that and I just read them to my wife I was like okay what name do you like off this list <laughs> and then I said doctor and then when I said doctor toilet she she cracked up and she's like yeah no doctor toilet I was like, and then from that I I made him French and it's actually pronounced doctor toilet of course um, and like that's his you know his rallying cries it's pronounced toilet <laughs> Um, so technically his name is Dr. Toilet, but I still call him Dr. Toilet. I don't care. So that, that's funny. I'm glad that, uh, your wife and I are thinking kind of in the same direction. Um, cause I was excited for the return of Quantum and Woody. Um, I, I've actually liked the book quite a bit. Um, I, uh, I, I really started to love it towards the latter end of Asmus's run. Um, and I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed it since. And, uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, Quantum and Woody's coming back. Cool. Like, I'm going to put that in my poll list. No problem. And then I saw, 
the article about Dr. Toile and uh, I was like, yep, got to read this book now. Like that's got to be at the top of the pile just for that reason. You know what I mean? Like if you if you have the, the moxie to create a villain named Dr. Toilet, um, then it's going to be awesome. Moxie is the word. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one of those things where it's like I forget that I'm writing things that people will actually read someday until it's too late. <laughs> it's like, like I was like, it's just like when we started doing all the all the promotion for this, I was like, oh god, I actually there's a there's a character called Doctor Toilet, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm making them print that word over and over again, and people have to look at it. And, no, I uh, I think I think people are gonna really uh, love the entire Doctor. Toile story. Um, he features majorly in issue two. That's his like. That's his real debut. Yep. Um, we, you know, like we, you saw that like we have him just like in one panel of panel right. one as sort of like he's the punchy. Like they're superheroes. This is the guy they beat up. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, very good. Very good. Um, man, now I got all discombobulated with the uh, the toilet talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my bad. Uh, oh God. What was I going to say? Now I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about uh, working with Ryan because we were talking about finding that, that right artist. Yeah. Uh, I yeah I have, like, it's so uh, – I have had, uh, you know, relationships with art, many different artists, and, like, it's so great when you get one who knows how to sell a joke. And um, Ryan goes beyond selling the jokes. He, <laughs> he just, like, com- he digests them completely and makes something, like – completely leveled up from mm-hmm. what you initially planned. He like, he, that's the only way I can put it. He, he just like, he com- he understands the humor on such a level that like, he knows just how to like increase it twofold. Um, yeah. Like there's so many little background jokes that he does. He does so many like little reinterpretations of, of moments that like just amp them up even further. Yeah, he's super funny. He's uh, he's amazing. Uh, you know, I'm about to I'm going to call myself a liar. Previously, I said I I don't like comedy generally, uh, but one of my favorite <laughs> comics of the last whatever, let's just say ten years, is uh, God Hates Astronauts, and it, mm. it, it is the most so ludicrous thing in the entire universe. Uh, I know it, he was he was doing that at the same time that I was doing Doctor McNinja, and I would read God Hates Astronauts, and I was like, God, this guy is doing everything I like to do, but better. I'm so mad about it. But and, see, now you're paired uh, together. Now we're paired together, and I found out that well, he at least did me the kindness of telling me that he felt the same way about me. So that's sweet. Um, <laughs> yes, but that's now awesome. we're now our powers are combined. <laughs> So you guys are like real life Quantum and Woody. Um, not, I mean, not racially. <laughs> <laughs> well, still, you 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 clang your wrist together and uh, you you make we, an awesome that's comic, right? Yeah, that's there right. you go. Well, I think, and I we also get a long way better than Quantum and Woody do. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that, I would hope so. Otherwise, the book might never come out. Uh, I only had one <laughs> one final question. Uh, you know, you you've got Hassan on this doing lettering. And, uh, so, oh my God. so one, he's, he's incredible. Um, one thing that I picked up immediately was the, the, the color change in the lettering, uh, when certain mm-hmm. things are happening. Um, obviously I'm assuming that's going to play a big role in the overall story of Dr. Toilet. Uh, am I saying that right? Toilet. Okay. Toilet. Toilet. Um, Toilet. I, so obviously that plays a bigger role. Um, can you, one question that I had, this is related, I promise. Um, 
towards the end of Asmus's run, uh, there was a fantastic mm-hmm. one shot, the Valiant, uh, what was it called? Valiant Size Conum and Woody number one. Uh, that's when I fell in love with this duo. And, uh, there was some alternate dimension thing going on. There's some alternate mm-hmm. dimension stuff going on here. Uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. if any of the stuff that we see in issue one may be a callback to some of those things that were played around with but never really fleshed out at some point. Um, gosh, I think the best answer I have for you there is um, a, a really disappointing kind of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like um, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not like necessarily trying to pick up from anybody's previous story so much as I'm trying to just sort of take it all in and then broaden it even further. So like, you're definitely correct that you're picking up on a vibe or a theme that I read from previous runs that I wanted to keep as Mm -hmm. part of the general idea of common Woody, but nothing necessarily specific. I think that is a great answer. Don't sell yourself short. Uh, well, you know, sometimes you – maybe this doesn't happen at Valiant as much, uh, but maybe with like DC or Marvel, for example. If you if you have some kind of established history, you, you're trying to pick up those pieces, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I think the, the good thing about Valiant is when you bring in a new writer to tackle a pre-existing property, you don't need to necessarily take all that baggage with you, right? Right. Obviously, you have to abide somewhat by what came before, uh, but you you need to make it your own. Yeah, for sure. You you wanna you wanna like I don't like yeah you wanna honor the spirit and of the work, if not necessarily every single tiny detail. Um, that said, <laughs> I would probably feel differently if per se I was hired to come on to start writing Quantum and Issue Quantum and Woody Issue Thirty Seven. Right, you know, right. Like at that case, I do think that there is something to be said about just continuing the story as it goes. But this is, you know, it's a relaunch. We're keeping the continuity in general. So um, I've, I've kind of got a, a broad, like, yeah, they're the, still the same guys. Sure. Uh, cool. So final thing, what kind of awesomeness can we expect out of Quantum and Woody? <laughs> okay. So um, New Powers is the you know, the real exciting thing that we're kicking off with and is actually the one thing that I stole from that previous failed pitch. Yep, which I um, really like that, by the way. <laughs> the, the new power yeah, for the new power. Uh, Woody? Yep, yep. Yeah, so so Woody is, is sort of developing these, like, um, like he's kind of becoming like a, a cryptic oracle. Like mm-hmm. he, he speaks weird things about the future that he then can kind of figure out how to be in the right place at the right time. Um, that said, he might be lying a little bit about those powers. <laughs> or not quite sure yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that drives the more dedicated and disciplined quantum to be like, well, if this dumbass is getting new powers, then surely I should be able to develop new powers. <laughs> he trains really, really hard and um, kind of unlocks some scary new potential for himself uh, down the road. And then, you know, what else do we got? Um yeah, I, I, we have like a cool new mentor character for them called the Apprehension, who is kind of like this Batman-esque character who's like there to teach them how to actually be halfway decent superheroes. I, I was curious and about then, that because like, I caught the reference yeah. in one of the word balloons and I was like, I don't recognize this. Yeah, that's, that's us sneaking it in before the Apprehension makes the official debut nice. uh, in issue two. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, it's about laying down a, a, a fake history first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. I, I really enjoy this first issue. I, I haven't said that yet. Shame on me. Um, usually I try to kick off with things that I enjoy. Um, but I, I really think this is a, a fantastic first issue just overall. Like the, everybody. Obviously, you have a great team, right? Ryan and Hassan and, and, and uh, who's doing the colors? Ruth, right? Um, yeah, fantastic team. Uh, and I think, I think it really shows what's possible with Quantum and Woody. Um, you know, it's too early to say yet, Chris, but, uh, this might be my f- favorite first issue of Quantum and Woody. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thanks very much. I, uh, I, I really love trying every time I, I get to do a new first issue. I'm like, okay, how can we, how can we try to make a better first issue? I'm I'm so fascinated by with everything about how they work. Like you have so much work that you have to do, but also like <laughs> to like sell people in a book in yeah. such a short period of time that, yep. um, yeah, I've <laughs> I put quite a lot of, of real serious thinking into a very silly book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not silly. It's fun. Okay. You yeah, need to that, br- yeah. bring Thank it up. You. Thank you. Thank you. You need to, uh, pinkies up it. Okay, that's what that's you got to right. do. Uh, very good. I want to thank you for your time, Chris, and thanks again for the reschedule. I, I apologize. My again. pleasure. Um, I love talking to you. Yeah, you're awesome. Uh, anything else you want to plug? I mean, Quantum and Woody is is the big one. We got um, when the when the book comes out, I've got a, a a little signing tour in the New York, New Jersey area, and Brian is doing some signing as well. I think around Chicago. Oh, are um, you going to be at C two E two? Um, I Ryan might. I, I I will not. Yeah, right. I think Ryan's there every year. Okay. Well, okay. F- yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. We we try to make it a point to go. We've been trying to uh, poke at Greg for weeks now uh, to to get some some details on on Chicago. Uh, anyways, yeah, we we always go. There's like uh, I don't know, ten or fifteen of us that go to C two E two. It's it's great. You should go. If you can I, make it I this year, Chicago. you should go next I, year. I, yeah, uh, when I did sketch comedy, I used to do the the sketch comedy festival there every year. Um, so yeah, any excuse to make a trip to Chicago, I'm I'm usually into it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for your time. Thank you. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Valiant Central Podcast. Thanks again to Chris and of course to Greg for setting up the interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it and definitely pick the book up. It's out in a couple of weeks. It's great. If you're a Quantum and Woody fan, you're going to love it. If you hate Quantum and Woody, shame on you. I picked this book up. It's really, really good. I can't wait to see where it goes. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Geekvine. Travis at The Great Magnet. Dewan is at Collect Valiant. The show is at Valiant underscore Central. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week.